Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. It's time to go to the Irish Network's hotline. Get to our guy, Tom Hart, who is calling the game this weekend with Jordan Rogers and Cole Kublik, SEC Network, 7.30 p.m. Tom, welcome back to Knoxville. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Man, we are wonderful, man. We we get excited when we see that you are uh, calling the game with Jordan Rogers and Cole Kubler. That means that means this game means something a little bit. How excited? Like like three too many Jacks excited, or like what? Let's put this in perspective. Um, like ready to go streaking through the quad, excited. <laughs> I can feel that. <laughs> we are excited, man. Tennessee right now four and two with a chance to beat a ranked opponent and possibly be ranked um, you know, ourselves. We know Lane and that offense is potent and powerful. Uh it's the first big night game of the year for us. Got Checker Kneeling. There's a lot of riding on it, Tom, and we, we, we thought we would dress up for you, man. So we check your Hold on a second. I was there earlier. bowling green wasn't a big night game. Uh, not like this one, Tom. Not quite. We are checking and kneeling, my friend. We're we're coordinating our colors. Yeah, I'm gonna wear a mushroom belt and everything. That's how excited I am. <laughs> hey, hey, man. We <laughs> you you call this game between Tennessee Bowling Green. You just mentioned that first game of the season. You've watched Tennessee since then. You know, we dropped the game to, to Pittsburgh. We dropped the game to Florida. Like. How different has this team been from the first time you called this game to this point? Oh, I mean, just look at the offensive numbers the last two weeks. I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, you know, and and you guys know well that it's not just it's not just one position, but the ability to run the ball um, is just astounding. I mean, we had a long talk with Kiffin yesterday, and he was. He gets on these little rants, right? And he's like, people just don't get it. Like, they, they see tempo, and they think, oh, you guys just you guys just throw the ball. And he goes, whether it's us or Tennessee. Like, but look at the numbers. Like, nobody runs the ball more than us in Tennessee unless you're a service academy. And it's all, it's all predicated on the run. I, the game that really opened my eyes, to be honest, was the Missouri game. I was watching in the hotel room. I forget where, where I was. And every time I looked up, they're busting a 30-yard run between the tackles. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to some of the Missouri folks about it. How does, this, how does this happen? How do you get so out of position? Why can't you get hands on a guy? And it's all about the tempo. You know, the, the tempo puts um, formationally, just put Missouri in a bad spot. And they had bad run fits. And uh, the Tennessee was just able to, run by by him but it didn't hurt that missouri didn't seem interested in tackling uh either but that's that's a whole different story well tom when you look at both offenses man they're one and two in the country uh as far as um plays per minute and you know you 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 mentioned the run and you know you're calling this game how do you how do you and and jordan rogers and cole kubik how do you how do you get a word in in between plays uh this week with both teams going so fast on offense it is, it is interesting from a television production standpoint because you'd have a lot less time to um, show replays, to put graphics in, to, to air packages. And those two guys, I mean, they can diagram plays with the best of them. I mean, Jordan's mm-hmm. illustration. It, it, I'll, tell you, I'll give you a secret. I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. 
lot of times what we do is Cole will break down a play, especially on the offensive line, with Jordan telestrating it. And you never hear Jordan's voice. It's just Cole saying, all right, watch the double team when the center, blah, 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 whatever. And it's Jordan doing all the drawing and Cole doing all the talking. That's how in sync those guys are and how good they are to break down plays. So you will get less of that. Um, But I think, listen, the game's not about us. This this game is going to be entertaining on its own. Um, I think people want to see points. They want to see yards. They want to see offense. A far cry from when Saban in 2012 asked us if if this is what we wanted football to be because the answer is a resounding yes. This is what we want. (laughs) Tom, the last time you were in Knoxville, Joe Milton was getting ready to make his first career start. Now it's Hendon Hooker making his fifth start or fourth start on the season, and he's been absolutely rolling. Just what have been your impressions of Hendon Hooker from afar and kind of things that you've heard on on Hendon Hooker from from your pals and and maybe coaches around the league? Well, we'll we'll talk to the Tennessee coaches today and get a better feel for – you know, how this process worked and his progression as a quarterback. But I just think it, um, I I had this conversation last week with Mark Stoops and we're talking about, Will Levis is a big, strong arm quarterback, but up until the LSU game had been pretty inefficient. And I said, well, what would you rather have a dude who can throw it 70 yards or a guy who's going to complete 70% of his passes. And it's an interesting discussion, right? I mean, Milton's, incredibly talented, but but these offenses are predicated on you've got to get us in the right play and you've got to complete a high percentage. Look at what Will Rogers has done at Mississippi State. They average like five yards per air pass. Um, and, and what Mississippi State is able to do, what they did to A&M, and it'll be really curious to see what happens with Alabama, but what they do is they go, Five, four, five, six, seven, thirty. Five, four, five, six, five, four, three, thirty-five. Boom, and you know you catch catch defenses to get impatient. So, um, no, I'm I'm really curious. Like I don't I don't know how this progression has worked for Hooker and and why this offense is running so well with him at the helm uh, better than better than what Milton was. I mean, we know what we see on tape, but but what you hear from coaches and what really happens. Swain, as you know, is is totally different. Like what I think that's what fans have a really hard time with, just generally speaking. What we see on Saturday is just a snapshot and small sample size from what coaches see the other six days during the week and what they see and hear in meeting rooms and in the locker room and around teammates and, and stuff like that. But uh, you're generally more of who you are in practice than who you are on a given three-hour period on a Saturday. For sure, for sure. Tom Hart, SEC Network here on the Swain event. Uh, I know this game, uh, Tennessee Ole Miss, you're calling it, but I want to get your opinion on um, the SEC as a whole. Right now, there's Alabama, there's Georgia. Who's the third best team um, in this conference, and is it pretty obvious who the third best team is, in your opinion? No, it's a, it's a crapshoot. I mean, it's – I used the phrase small sample size a second ago, College football is the ultimate small sample size sport because any game can turn on one play and who you are one week is not necessarily a reflection of who you're going to be six and a half days later. I think Texas A&M is a great example of that, right? I mean, whether they were holding plays for Alabama or just out of sorts, they looked 
terrible against Mississippi State. And then, and then they beat the number one team in the country, and it wasn't a fluke. So I think we're, you know, what we think is predicated on, on recency bias. And what we'll know at the end of the year is going to be drastically different. I'm just use Ole Miss for an example. This is a huge game for Ole Miss. Huge. If you look at the rest of their season, now granted, their defense is not very good, um, but obviously they can put up points. If they win this game, there's a pretty good argument that they could finish the season with only one loss. Um, you know, you look at Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky could beat Georgia. Um, yes, they have a puncher's chance but they have to take advantage of big plays and get chunk plays, and it's, it's obviously going to be hard to run against that front. Kentucky can lose this game and do it in a respectful manner if, if, if that matters to anybody, and they could finish the season with one loss. I mean, they're, they're looking right now at a New Year's Six Bowl game, and maybe better if they can, you know, if the chips fall where they may, we have, we have this chaos continues like we had in, in 2007. Um, so you never know. Um, I just think that Georgia is above and beyond everybody else. Alabama's uh, a tick behind, but show that they have a lot of holes. And the rest of it is a total crapshoot. I mean, re- remove Vanderbilt, remove Missouri, and put a huge question mark or an asterisk next to LSU, who's, co- who's playing with a lame duck coach. And everything else is, is gettable for, for everyone else in this league. Tom, I asked this question with the understanding that this is just Josh Heupel's seventh game at Tennessee, but do you feel like we as college football, as a college football world, underestimated the Josh Heupel hire at Tennessee uh, because he wasn't as popular of a name as, as a Scott Frost coming out of UCF? No, I, I think people have a pretty good feel for, for what Josh has accomplished as a coach. I mean, it's listen, it's fun, especially from an SEC perspective, to hate on UCF. It's fun to roll your eyes when they claim a national championship. Um, but, you know, if you're a true football fan, you've got to respect what they've accomplished there over the years. Um, I mean, look at, since Hypo left, kind of what they've been left with and their failure to, to retain that, that level of success. Uh, the first part of his job was to get Tennessee to a point of respectability and to build that baseline and then see where you go from there. Um, you know, I think this season is a great example of that. To be honest with you guys, and I probably shared this with you in August, based on all the talent that they lost, I didn't know that the offense was good enough to be a difference maker um, but it certainly has been. Now, let's keep into consideration and perspective who those last two wins came against. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I should I should have included South Carolina in that in that Vanderbilt discussion a minute ago. But um, you know, there's there's real challenges ahead for this Tennessee program, and so they they certainly have a lot to prove. And you know, Josh has a ton of wins under his belt coordinated a good offense when he was at Missouri, played in a great offense when he was at Oklahoma. Um, so this is, I just think that perspective is a word that often gets lost on college football fans. And Tennessee fans are no different, right? 
Mm-hmm. Keep perspective about where this program, I'm not telling anybody not to have fun tomorrow night. Like, I mean, it's going to be a party. It's going to be insanely fun. Um, and you wake up Sunday morning after, you know, after a win, by all means, go for it. But, but keep perspective on how tough this league is and, and those other opponents coming up are real. Like, Kentucky is real. And I think that's, from a matchup standpoint, that's a concern for Tennessee, regardless of what happens against Ole Miss. This Ole Miss game, it's like fighting fire with fire. I mean, it's going to be blazing all night. Tom, I believe earlier you said you, you had a chance to catch up with Lane this week. Could, could you sense that maybe this one meant a little bit extra to him? No, no. He's, you know, it, it means something to him when he diagrams a play that works, you know, when they execute. It means something to him when Barry Odom embarrassed him. That meant something to him with what Arkansas did against him last year. Um I, that was such a long time ago. I, I don't, I don't think it means a ton. When he was at Alabama, yeah, this game was important to him, and the SC game was important to him, and, and he would have scheduled the Raiders if he could have. But um, not, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's really worried about returning to, uh, returning to Knox Vegas. It's going to be a good one. He'll he'll get a nice warm uh, reception from oh, Tennessee wait. fans. Oh yeah, I can't wait either. It's gonna be, it's gonna be That's great. Gonna be awesome. Yeah, Tom. Tom. Uh, quick, quick. Last question before we get you out of here. We know that usually on Fridays you're, you're slated to go talk to uh, the coaches, and certainly don't want to uh, take up any more of your time. But I, I do want to get your take on Checker kneeling on the way out. You know, of course the fans are involved, and we see it a certain type of way. Uh, from your vantage point, man, how do you see and view uh, Neyland Sta- Stadium being checkered out? I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it when you pull it off, it, it's so it's such a cool visual, especially at night. It's gonna look it's gonna look awesome. But to me, it's a reflection of a of a bigger um, a bigger movement that you have the fan base pulling in the same direction. That you have people invested in the program that they care. Over the years, when Tennessee has been underperforming, the the Worst part was the apathy. Yes, you know it's one thing to have people people mad like that. That's okay. It's okay to be mad when the, your team's not performing well. When you don't care, that's a bad sign. But it's just hard to get those people back than when things go go right. So I think it's a, a reflection of having whole community buy in. And to me, that uh, not only is that important for a program, but I think it's really cool. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Seven thirty p.m. SEC Network, Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, Cole Kublik will rock the mic like they always do each and every weekend, and we can't wait to, uh, to check you out for those that will be watching the game uh, on the tube. Certainly, Ben and I will be at the game, so we'll get a chance to hear you when we go back and replay the game uh, yeah, you're Sunday. I know you will. Yeah, yeah, we gonna, we'll we'll be watching it. So, uh, you know, when we go back and check out the, the, the plays you know, after the after the game, go back and double watch the game. So, Tom, thank you so much for your time, man. Really, really appreciate it. And I know you're going to rock it tomorrow night. And uh, enjoy enjoy the broadcast this season. It's been awesome. Be good. It's going to be a lot of fun.